Hello, boys and girls. Mr. Gaines here. How's everybody doing? Um, it's time for a new book for us to read. And uh, this one I decided on, it's, um, it's one of my all-time favorites. And it's called Jonathan Livingston Seagull. And if you haven't guessed yet, it is the story of a seagull who, uh, who doesn't play by the rules that seagulls are supposed to play by. Um, it was given to me as a gift, I think, around the year 2000, 2001. So, um, before you guys were born. And uh, it's not a huge book. It's pretty small. Um, I remember when I first got this book, it was a gift given to me. Um, I started reading it, and I didn't stop until I finished it. And... Uh, I think it only took me about an hour or two to finish because it's so short, but um, I just loved it so much. Love the story. Love Jonathan. And uh, I hope you love it too. So let's get started. <laughs> to the real Jonathan Siegel, who lives within us all. Part one. <clears throat> it was morning, and the new sun sparkled gold across the ripples of a gentle sea. A mile from the shore, a fishing boat chummed the water, and the word for breakfast flock flashed through the air, till a crowd of a thousand seagulls came to dodge and fight for bits of food. It was another busy day beginning. But way off alone, out by himself beyond boat and shore, Jonathan Livingston Seagull was practicing. A hundred feet in the sky, he lowered his webbed feet, lifted his beak, and strained to hold a painful, hard, twisting curve through his wings. The curve meant that he would fly slowly, and now he slowed until the wind was a whisper in his face, until the ocean stood still beneath him. He narrowed his eyes, in fierce concentration, held his breath, forced one single more inch of curve. Then his feathers ruffled, he stalled, and fell. Seagulls, as you know, never falter, never stall. To stall in the air for them is disgrace and it is dishonor. But Jonathan Livingston Seagull, unashamed, Stretching his, wing, stretching his wings again in that trembling hard curve, slowing, slowing, and stalling once more, was no ordinary bird. Most gulls don't bother to learn more than the simplest facts of flight, how to get from shore to food and back again. For most gulls, it is not flying that matters, but eating. For this gull, though, it was not eating that mattered, but flight. More than anything else, Jonathan Livingston Siegel loved to fly. This kind of thinking, he found, is not the way to make oneself popular with other birds. Even his parents were dismayed, as Jonathan spent whole days alone making hundreds of low-level glides, experimenting. He didn't know why, for instance, but when he flew at altitudes less than half his, his wingspan above the water, 
he could stay in the air longer with less effort. His glides ended not with the usual feet down splash into the sea, but with a long flat wake as he touched the surface with his feet tightly streamlined against his body. When he began sliding in to feed up landings on the beach, then pacing the length of his side in the sand, his parents were very much dismayed indeed. Why, John, why? His mother asked. Why is it so hard to be like the rest of the flock, John? Why can't you leave low flying to the pelicans, the albatross? Why don't you eat, son, your bone and feathers? I don't mind being bone and feathers, Mom. I just want to know what I can do in the air and what I can't. That's all. I just want to know. See here, Jonathan, said his father, not unkindly. Winter isn't far away. Boats will be few, and the surface fish will be swimming deep. If you must study, then study food and how to get it. This flying business is all very well, but you can't eat a glide, you know. Don't you forget that the reason you fly is to eat. Jonathan nodded obediently. For the next few days, he tried to behave like the other gulls. He really tried. Screeching and fighting with the flock around the piers and fishing boats, diving on scraps of fish and bread. But he couldn't make it work. It's all so pointless, he thought, deliberately dropping a hard-won anchovy to a hungry old gull chasing him. I could be spending all this time learning to fly. There's so much to learn. It wasn't long before Jonathan Gull was off by himself again, far out at sea, hungry, happy, learning. The subject was speed, and in a week's practice, he learned more about speed than the fastest gull alive. From a thousand feet, flapping his wings as hard as he could, he pushed over into a blazing steep dive toward the waves and learned why seagulls don't make blazing steep powerful dives. In just six seconds, he was moving 70 miles per hour, the speed at which one's wing goes unstable on the upstroke. Time after time it happened. Careful as he was, working at the very peak of his ability, he lost control at high speed. Climb to a thousand feet, full power straight ahead first, then push over, flapping, to a vertical dive. Then, every time his left wing stalled on an upstroke, he'd roll violently left, stall his right wing recovering, and flick like fire into a wild tumbling spin to the right. He couldn't be careful enough on that upstroke. Ten times he tried, and all ten times, as he passed through 70 miles per hour, he burst into a churning mass of feathers, out of control, crashing down into the water. The key, he thought at last, dripping wet, must be to hold the wings still at high speeds, to flap up to 50 and then hold the wings still. From 2,000 feet, he tried again, rolling into his dive, beak straight down, Wings full out and stable from the moment he passed 50 miles per hour. It took tremendous strength, but it worked. In 10 seconds, he had blurred through 90 miles per hour. 
Jonathan had set a world speed record for seagulls, but victory was short-lived. The instant he began his pullout, the instant he changed the angle of his wings, he snapped into that same terrible uncontrolled disaster, and at 90, and at 90 miles per hour, it hit him like dynamite. Jonathan Siegel exploded in midair and smashed down into a brick-hard sea. Thank <laughs> you.